Hello, hello, and welcome to the Mindful Revamp Podcast. My name is Gabrielle, and I will be your host. This is going to be a space where we get real and we get deep about the emotional pain and suffering that we encounter as human beings. It is happening to all of us, and here at the Mindful Revamp Podcast, we're going to dive in, and we are going to adventure as we explore mindfulness and how we can use the power of this present moment to heal and to revamp the way that we show up in the world, the way that we exist for ourselves and for others so that we can live more peaceful and present lives and so that we can create an earth, a world that supports this further for everyone. Hello, 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 and welcome back. We are here together now on the third episode of the Mindful Revamp podcast. Again, very grateful for your listening ears as we move through this podcast journey. I've been thinking about identity and trying to find the right way to talk about it in a way that really makes sense. I attempted to record something before and I think I was just all over the place. And it's interesting because even as I say that now, that is also a part of my own identity and my own understanding of myself. Hmm. Okay, well, before I ponder myself too much as part of this episode, let's get to talking. So this episode is specifically about identity and the fact that we know we die. And how do we integrate these knowings in our lives so that we can find peace? It seems almost counterintuitive to develop your identity and to become to become something or some certain person knowing that that person will cease to exist one day at least in the form they're in now I won't exist as Gabrielle Rose Gonzalez forever I'll die And that can be a really freaky concept to try to wrap our human minds around. I think I've mentioned it before. I'll mention it again. I struggled with a deep level of anxiety throughout my childhood when thinking about death. Why was I thinking about death? Well, according to Irvin Yalom in his book, Staring at the Sun, The one reason that resonated most with me was this, that I, as a young child, had existential awareness. And not all kids do, but some do. Gosh, and to imagine a child, and I'm talking about age seven, eight, trying to navigate anxiety or fear around death while also experiencing other kids, you know, 
also seven, eight, nine years old, who are just being their kid selves, exploring who they are, exploring their hobbies, joining sports, just exploring their identities. And I was too, I was definitely exploring my identity. And I was very anxious and uncomfortable because I was realizing that whoever I am will one day not be. And if we can't talk about that from human to human to human, being that we're all humans who one day die, how does that affect us relationally? How does that affect the way that we live our lives in every corner? So this fear of mine definitely lasted through my early childhood into my teen years. And I imagine I can't be the only one. Many people that I've encountered said that they didn't fear death and either they didn't or they didn't realize that a lot of their emotional discomfort and suffering was coming from an actual underlying unconscious fear of death. I mentioned Irvin Yalom's book, Staring at the Sun, and this incredible book dives into various sessions during which Yalom, as a psychotherapist, helped clients to process their unconscious fears of death and how those fears were showing up in their lives in ways they didn't realize. When we procrastinate, for example, on accomplishing certain things in our lives, completing a certain task. Well, let's talk about that. Taking that example, procrastination. What if that procrastination was happening because a person was avoiding the task because in avoiding the task, they're avoiding looking at the fact that the task needs to be completed before they die. If I procrastinate and I procrastinate, I can put it off and I can ignore the fact that I'm going to die. Does that seem weird? Let me explain a little bit differently. If I have a task that I need to complete and I'm procrastinating and I look at that task and I say, someday I'm going to die. Deep breath. Hmm. Well, I want to get this done because someday I'm going to die. And I know that that's going to happen no matter what. And no matter how long I put off this task for, it will not prolong my life. If I want to do the task, then I got to do the task. If I don't want to do the task, then I don't need to. I need to take it off my to-do list and forget about it. We don't need to procrastinate on things. Procrastinating will not prolong our lives. When we 
ignore the things that we really want to get done and we don't do them. We are ignoring the fact that we are going to die. Something as simple as, for example, myself, wanting to spend more time outside at the park, going on walks. When I avoid that, I am also avoiding the fact that I am going to die. And it could happen anytime. It could happen tomorrow. It could happen an hour from now. I don't know. But when we look at it, we can take action. And we can take action when we have come to a place of acceptance around the fact that we're going to die. Many of us don't solve the problems we need to solve. We don't tell the people that we love that we love them. We don't reach out to those that we want to reach out to. We don't do the things that we really want to do because unconsciously we hate the fact that we're going to die. And so we fight against this reality by not doing the things that we only have so much time to do because we are resisting the fact that we are going to die. So if we stopped resisting it and we started to accept it and look at it as a gift, how would our life change? And then how do we integrate this understanding of death as a gift with our identity? I talk about the ego and the ego being a part of us that, yes, is necessary and also a part of us that is very attached to this life. I am Gabrielle. I am a therapist. I am a wife. I am a daughter. I am a singer. I am a writer. These are all attachments. These are all attachments. Yeah, they're part of my identity. They're also attachments. So what else am I? If I weren't basing my identity on the things I am attached to or the people I am attached to in this lifetime as Gabrielle, then who am I aside from all of that? Who are you aside from all of you? We are bodies, we are breath, we are hands, we are feet, we are eyes, we are heart, we are stomach. We are in this space. We are life energy, we are movement, we are universe. We are more than our ego. We are more than the identity that we have been taught to cling to, because that's what we're taught, right? How many of you can remember being children and being asked, what are you gonna be when you grow up? Human? Did any of us answer human? Human, I'm gonna be a human when I grow up, still. I'll still be a human. I'll be a face, I'll be feet, I'll be hands, I'll be heart, I'll be love, I'll be breath. 
No, I'll be a firefighter. I'll be a police officer. I'll be a doctor. I'll be a mommy. These are all ways that we identify ourselves in this materialistic world. But what if we asked different questions? What if we taught children different things that we are more than that? How would this new knowing, this new experience with identity affect our relationship with death? Because if we didn't only cling to these attachments, these ways of identifying ourselves based on who we help and what we do or where we live or how much money we make, if we recognize different aspects of our identity that didn't include all of these attachments, might we experience a sense of ease when thinking about death? Might we experience a sense of acceptance and love and appreciation for the way in which we exist as humans, this collective identity? We are the earth. We are nature. We are, we are. And that's it. We are and then we aren't in this way. Perhaps we are in a new way. That's not all something I can speak too much to. We all believe different things. We also will all die. We are all aware of it. And we are all trying to figure out our place in this world, our identity, how to stand out, how to make a difference. Well, what if we just made the difference within, deep within, and we start by recognizing these other aspects of our identity as a part of this collective, as a part of this world? And then how would we then treat other people differently? How would we treat our relationships with people who are close to us and those who aren't close to us differently? If we could release, we could accept, if we can be brave enough to look at the topics that have made us so uncomfortable for so long so that we can speak about them until they're no longer uncomfortable to speak about. Could there be more peace within each one of us and between each one of us? So I leave you with this question. Who are you? Who are you? Aside from everything you've been clinging to, aside from all these attachments that cause you suffering and worry and shame, who are you? Thank you for tuning into this podcast. You can now access my mental wellness programs via my website, Mindful Revamp workshops. 12 weeks of wellness is a recorded series with 12 50 to 75 minute workshops that offer in-depth mental health theory, guided mindfulness, and creative processing. While Baby Love provides 12 20 to 35 minute recorded workshops that help parents of young children improve their relationships with their child through their inner Hear me next time on the Mindful Revamp Podcast.